Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are pretty what's up, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So Jonah, I just want to give you credit where credit is due. You're the one who suggested that we say we're pretty what's up. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure the adjective this week. I was just feeling what's up. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of cool and you, we were trying to think of what our story from growing up this week should be. And you suggested a Matthew McConaughey impression showdown. Yeah. So, you know, two pro comedians on the podcast and then me. You know, Vanessa, I'm familiar with your career. You're known for a lot of impressions. And I actually am great at a couple impressions, uh, namely yeah. Matthew Kermit McConaughey. Kermit the Frog is one of them. Kermit yeah. the Frog and Matthew McConaughey. And, and I recently was on a, a road trip with my wife, Vicky, where we listened to the Matthew McConaughey audiobook, Green Lights. Great for a road trip. Yeah, exactly. And every time kind of something good happens in his life, after it, he punctuates it by going, Green Light. So yeah, so we were listening to Green Lights. I started doing this Matthew McConaughey impression to my wife, and I started doing it so much that she actually had to put a cap on how many times I'm allowed to do it a day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was like, okay, Jonah, you can do it five times a day. And I was talking to her before I came up, and she was like, you never was. I would kind of do it like to myself under my breath. I think this probably, (laughs) this like doesn't count if I'm not like saying it full volume. So uh, we can get into it. Should we introduce our guest and then get so that he can be officially involved and then get into the showdown? Matthew McConaughey impression showdown? Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're very excited. Our guest today, he's a friend of mine. He's an actor, a writer, a comedian who's appeared in and or written for many of your favorite shows, including Killing It, The Bear, Search Party, and Shrill. His stand-up special, Carmen Christopher Street Special, is available to stream on Peacock. Please welcome our friend, Carmen Christopher. Yes. Thank you for having me. 
I love the show, Vanessa, Jonah. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to have you. And let's get straight into business with the Matthew McConaughey Impression Showdown. Now, Carmen, have you ever done an impression of Matthew McConaughey before? (laughs) I I did an impression of Matthew McConaughey after he hits a bong, what he sounds like. Whoa, okay, okay. I think me and two of people I was in a sketch group with we did this a while ago. So how should we... Yeah, I wasn't sure how to structure this. I guess, you know, uh, there's a, I have actually have a couple. I have two big impressions. McConaughey okay. and Kermit the Frog, as, as you mentioned. Right, right, and I right, actually right. do a McConaughey and then I do an impression of Kermit doing McConaughey. So do we want to start with yours, Jonah? And then maybe we'll do Carmen's. So mine is a classic. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Great. Nice. Thank you. Nice. I'm next. You're next. Okay, cool. Can you guys just ask me any question and I'll respond as McConaughey. Okay. What did you eat for lunch today? (laughs) That's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) And that's him stoned? Or no, that was a separate... He's probably always stoned. I'm Daisy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Okay. McConaughey. That's who I was Sure. Can we ask you another question? Yeah, yeah. Let's keep it. I mean, we can go as long as you want. Okay, Jonah, (laughs) what's your question? What's your question for Matthew McConaughey? Hey, Matt, what's your favorite sports team? Man... As long as they're on the field, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not supposed to. Yeah. You know, I would, if I was prepared, it would have been incredible. No, we're really springing this on you. I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> okay. Do you want to tell us what question to ask? And then you, you can have the answer prepared. I like not knowing the question. <laughs> okay. 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 Improv. Because we both came up in the Chicago improv yeah. scene. That's right. Improv, baby. Okay. Jonah, go ahead. Sounds like you have, looks like you have one. Well, Vanessa, I was curious about hearing your McConaughey. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, why don't you ask me a question as McConaughey? Okay. Hey, Matt, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> I love Days and Confused because that's where I started saying, all right, all right, all right. And I loved being in that movie. Wow. Okay. Like, I'm almost like wondering now if we should do a scene where we're all Matthew McConaughey. Okay, I like that. I like that. Let's do it. It's like an improv scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, maybe should we, how are we going to get a suggestion? Maybe- a suggestion from our producer, Olivia. Olivia gives us a yeah, She gives suggestion. us, what's she going to give us? Like a word or should she give us like a location? Bottle is the word she gave us. Okay. Bottle. Okay. Okay. Man, I don't know about you, but I keep getting older and these bottles, they stay the same age. Hey, that one looks pretty old. It might have expired. You might not want to drink it. Oh. Has anyone seen my bottle? I think I left it under the bleachers, my dude. Bro, let me tell you something. I love high school. Who's that little green dude over there? All right, all right, all right. Oh my God, we got Kermit. Kermit the Frog. And he's doing Matthew McConaughey and scene. It's funny because like I had all those feelings of like when like you do improv in Chicago and you're like so aware of how bad it is (laughs) (laughs) and like you like want to give up. You know what I mean? You're just like it's the most cringy moments. I have a visceral reaction to that. You saying that of like, yeah, knowing that the scene is going bad mm-hmm. and knowing that you absolutely can't bail in the way Carmen just did. So you have to <laughs> totally bail. You know, this we weren't billing this as an improv. Vanessa, have you ever been like? 
having like a rough improv show and then pulled out one of your impressions that you know will get some laughs to try to sort of salvage it? That's such a good question. You know, I never really officially was doing like celebrity impressions until I was on SNL, but I did like impressions of my teachers and stuff. Oh, you know what I would do sometimes? I would do like the child actor character in scenes. Yeah. But not really because that's kind of looked down upon in Chicago improv. Like you're not really supposed to like pull out anything that like pre-exists. That is funny. You're not supposed (laughs) to pull out anything funny. Wait, that's interesting because we talked about this, but I saw my first memorable time seeing Vanessa. We did not know each other. I was like a student at I.O., but I saw your SNL audition. And This is so crazy. Carmen saw me audition for SNL in Chicago. and You saw it live? Yeah. yeah. He came to it because I did an audition in Chicago for Lauren and a bunch of the writers and, and then people could it was like an unannounced show that people could come to. Yeah. And Carmen just told me when we were hanging out like a month ago that he was at my audition. Wow. Yeah. It was crazy because it popped. Like you had like a tight set and in chicago that's like kind of any type of tight set is like how the fuck did you do that why were you getting good at comedy you know what i mean (laughs) like where did that come from that's kind of what like so that's what i was thinking it was like how did you like know i guess because when i was new to chicago and like seeing that people could audition for SNL was mind blowing. I was like, yeah. wait, what? It just happens in this room. They're going to pick somebody from this fucking room, this right. dump, this absolute, you know what I mean? But it was like, how did you, were you just like in your room being like, I want to be on SNL? Fuck it. I'm going to like work on I'll tell you exactly what happened, which is that like a year before I got on SNL, I got really focused on it. Like, I just was like, I really would like to be on SNL. Like, before that, I always knew that I wanted to do something. I would want to be like acting in TV. Like I thought like it would be so cool to be like on The Office or something like that. Like I always was like, oh wow, I love That's TV. Cool. I want to be on TV. But then like a year before I got on SNL, I was like, I think I want to do SNL. Like I think that's actually what I want. And so I took this workshop with Matthew Miller, Matt Miller. Yes, yes. He did those. Yeah. The on-camera ones. Yes. And so yeah. it w- those were pretty new. They became, I think those were pretty new. And then, Paul Britton was in my class who also got on SNL at the same time as me. And I think he had taken, it was like a workshop. It was a two- I saw his too. He was super funny. Did like that Mexican sports announcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like he'd speak in Spanish or something as an ESPN Portes announcer. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. So I took this workshop with Matthew Miller, who was like a comedy director in Chicago. And basically what you did was you came into the class- with impressions and characters and you did like a five minute thing where you did impressions and characters for the class. So that's where I came up with Miley and I did a Madonna impression. I think those were my only impressions of like celebrity Mm -hmm. and then the rest were characters. And then you did those characters and impressions for the class and then the class and Matt would give you notes. Mm -hmm. And then you came back two weeks later having worked on your stuff on your own like with the notes that you were given Mm -hmm. And you would put it on tape. So you didn't get notes again two weeks later. You just put it on tape two weeks later. Mm -hmm. So basically, I made this tape of myself doing Miley and doing Madonna and doing these other characters, like the child actor, which I was doing at the Annoyance Theater, too, at that time. A character that was sort of like the Bar Mitzvah boy, but his name was Austin, and he loved rocks. Mm -hmm. And there was something else. It turned out to be Mrs. Meadows on SNL, my 
like poetry teacher. Mm -hmm. So I did those characters and impressions and I gave this DVD tape that I made in this workshop to the owner of IO, Sharna. Mm -hmm. And I gave them to my agent at the time Mm -hmm. in Chicago. And like, they didn't do anything with them. Yeah. (laughs) So then a year later, Sharna was like auditioning people to be in the SNL showcase. Mm -hmm. And I emailed her to be in it because it was like open to anyone on a team. Right. And I emailed her to do it. I'm sorry if I'm giving so much detail. No, it's cool. She was like, can you come in in an hour and audition for me? So basically oh all I did was I watched my tape back because I was like, I gave her this tape a year ago. She clearly didn't watch it. Yeah. So I watched my tape back and then I went into IO and I auditioned for her with exactly what was on that tape and she put me in the showcase. Uh-huh. And then I asked my agency, it wasn't my last, I had good agents. I eventually got really good agents in Chicago, but I was with these other agents and I was like, did you ever send my tape to SNL? And they were like, do you know where we send it to? And I was like, oh, my God. oh boy. And I, <laughs> yeah. actually by that time I had left those agents. I was with better. Anyway, uh-huh. the point is, I'll give you all the names when we're off the mic. Yeah, well, that's funny. But anyways, so then she put me in the showcase and I basically did what was on that tape in the showcase. So it had been something that I'd been working on like a year before mm-hmm. that never saw the light of day. <laughs> cool. So that's but you how had that thing ready. Out. That's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You have the thing ready. Yeah. I think it's about having that stuff ready. Well, I will say also, Vanessa always had, especially when we were kids, had a very strong work ethic. Vanessa had like a f- 4.5 GPA, was in all AP classes, wow. would study a lot. I was different. Same. If she's trying to do something, she can she's can work really hard towards it. I think that's kind of the same deal. That's cool. so nice. Thanks, that Jonah. Really Don't nice. you think that's true, though, Vanessa? Yeah, but I also think I always was impressed by just like how much of a natural brainiac you are. Well, like you've just got you're just so smart and can kind of figure stuff out. If Jonah and I were given the same book to read, uh-huh. he would read it like five times faster than me. Yeah, but I also think it was cool because wow. you would get straight A's and all those AP classes, and if I got like a couple A's, it was like I would get all this praise because. As it was like you guys i got a 2.75 and i was thrilled <laughs> i was like i'm fucking genius dude yeah yeah b minus gpa that's so good <laughs> i'm serious <laughs> where did you go to high school so i grew up in chicago and then well i went to high school at riverside brookfield high school which is like a western suburb yeah i went to a great school that was around there as well But yeah, my high school was like interesting because it kind of had a little bit of everything. We had really rich kids and then we had really, you know, just working class type. It was like a pretty wide range of people. Me going to college was like, I had no idea I was ever going to even go to college. Nobody in my family went to college. So I was like, when it happened, I was like, whoa, this is happening. This is crazy. University of Iowa came to my school. They gave out a folder and you do this calculation. If your ACT times your GPA is above a certain number, you can get in. And I was just could barely get in. I was like, holy shit, wait, I think I can go to college. I think I'm going to go to Iowa. Wow. I applied to one school, visited one school, applied to one school. I was like, I guess I'm just going here. (laughs) That's great. And did you like it there? Yeah, I did. But looking back, I'm just like, I wish I had a hobby besides drinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. just like, you know, you go to college to learn how to do laundry. And like, right. Live alone. So it was like good for that. I mean, I guess I got a business degree. I wish I would have retained more. Yeah, you can do so much, you know. Yeah, business stuff. Business stuff. Yeah. How did you get into comedy, though? Because I, you know, people who listen to this podcast probably pretty sure they know that I was in an all-female sketch comedy musical parody troupe called Bloomers in college. And that's kind of how I really made that trend. Yeah, it's not a big deal. That's awesome. (laughs) Vanessa barely ever talks about it. I barely ever talk about it. How (laughs) did you get into comedy? Was that post-college? 
It was post-college. Yeah, I was 25 or 26 when I started taking classes at Second City, working a sales job at a logistics company. And I just was at a really point in my life where I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to be in corporate America for the rest of my life. So I have to make a move. Like, what am I going to do? And I just straight up asked myself, if I could do anything, what would it be? And like, I wanted to be on SNL for real, but you know, it put me, I lived a block from second city and I just always walked by and I was like, what the hell? Look at all these famous comedians on the wall. They trick you. That's how they get you. And then (laughs) I like took a date to a second city main stage show and I like had no idea what the fuck they were talking about. What are these political things are like, this is like, but I loved it. You know what I mean? I was uh-huh, like, this uh-huh. is, this looks insane. This is so cool. And so then I just walked by every day and I was like, I got to sign up for classes here or something. Yeah. And I was just telling everybody that, or my parents, that I was like, it was to help my sales so I can speak better, you know, when I go on sales meetings. And truly, like, first day did Second City Level A class and was like, I know what I'm doing for the rest of my life. This wow. Is yeah, it was pretty instantaneous where I, like, jumped all in, took classes at every theater, IO, Annoyance, Second City, and took acting classes at this place called Black Box, which is really great. And yeah, went from like being really bad and learning to like four or five years later doing truly 10 shows a week. Wow. While still working fucking my sales jobs. So do, do you use like your business stuff like day to day over like someone's like that coffee's $4 and you're like, <laughs> I'm going to put interest on it in a quarter now and you know, no, take dividends. No. no, okay, not at all. Jonah, do you mean like in improv shows? <laughs> no, I mean like business, like your business degree and like just like buying stuff, like negotiating or something. Yeah, I don't think my business degree I use, but I think because I worked in sales for eight years, like my brain naturally formed to where I like look at things from like a business standpoint. And I guess like, I don't know an example of that, but like, like I'm very aware, for example, like in sales, it's like the more phone calls you make, the more business you're going to land. So in comedy, it was pretty quick. Like I knew right away, it was like, well, the more shows I do, the better I'm going to get. Yeah. And so I was like, I have to do a show every night or I have to see a show every night. So <laughs> it was just like something like I was like, I need to be doing something comedy every single night if I truly want to do this, because there's so many people doing it. Like, how do you stand out? And, you know. Right. But that was the thing, too. It was like there were so many people in Chicago who were so good at improv. Yeah. But they like weren't funny. They weren't, you know what I mean? But they were just so sound and like really good. And I was like, wait, I think I could like, I just have to learn how to do whatever the fuck they're doing. Uh-huh. They're like, I don't know how to do. And it's just like patience, listening, all these things. And I was like, that is like what I had to work on more than like anything, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Am I like going on a crazy rant? No, 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 it's great. I, I thought you were going to say if I got up there, the more jokes I told, the more chance I would have to be funny. So I would just tell as many <laughs> jokes as I could. Sure. That works. Yeah. For sure. Go to an open mic. Don't say, hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah. You got to squeeze in a joke instead of using that. Straight into it. Yeah. 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 Totally. Good business decision. Yeah. Totally. I actually thought you were going to say that too. I thought you were going to say the more jokes I do, the more will land. I thought you were going to say that time that me and you were on that airplane 
and we heard that guy in that really loud business call. Oh my god, this affected our whole life. Thought it was like the the funny. We talked about it for years. I don't even know how to explain it. So we were on a plane, uh-huh. and there was this guy who was doing business on a phone call in front of us. <laughs> okay, and he was literally to the point where it felt like it was a bit. <laughs> he was using so much business lingo, like some specific things I remember where he said, we need to add some color to the options so it's not just... (laughs) And he said, we need to really flesh out the characters so it's not just names on a page. He said, like, we need to really come up... Like, it was like stuff that was like... It almost was like someone... He was saying nothing, but he was using (laughs) the right Mm -hmm. phrases so it seemed like he was saying something really important. The other person that I've taken this to is Fred Armisen. He also thinks this stuff is really funny. And the thing that he's... I hope it's okay that I say... I don't think he would mind... The thing that he's pointed out to me too that business people do or like a lot of people do in conversation mm-hmm. is they say again when things haven't been said yet. So so they'll be like, and again, yeah. this is not, but no one said it yet. So again, uh-huh. connotates that it's, you know, not the first time. Yeah. But so he and I have done a lot of stuff with that too. But yeah, Jonah and I heard this That's phone call really and it was funny. like life change. We did bits about it. I can't remember. We were going to maybe try and do something with it more official. We were going to make like a video out of it. We were like writing down these, we have to remember these terms. We started writing it down, what this guy was saying, because we thought it was so funny. It's so funny how people can just be living their lives and Jonah and I will think it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, I love, I stare at people all the time. I'm always like staring at people and they like look at me and they're like, what do you, like, you can feel like they're like, what the fuck are you looking at? I'm like, I'm just curious what you're doing. <laughs> you know, like, what are you? I mean, weird. I like that. I like keep being it's weird. Fun. It's fun. Yeah. And you know what I love doing, actually? I love staring at somebody who's staring at someone else. Ooh. Ah. You ever do that? That's a cool train thing. Like, <laughs> you'll see somebody across and you're like, interesting. This person's doing something weird. And then what I'll do is I'll look around the train and see who's staring at the person doing something weird and see how they're reacting to the weird person. You know what I like to do that's kind of similar to that? And I was with some friends last night and we were watching this Disney movie, Stuck in the Suburbs, starring Taron Killam when he was like in his early 20s and he plays pop star Jordan Cahill. Anyway, Mm -hmm. everyone can look it up. You can watch it on Disney+. Plus. I love looking at the people whose line it isn't and how they're reacting while the people next to them are saying lines in a movie. Mm. So, especially when it's child actors. So, (laughs) in this movie, the main character would be, like, talking. And then another character... There were, like, these three girls that are friends with the main girl. Plus, Brenda Song plays, like, her her actual friend. But then there's these three girls that she's sort of, like, hot and cold friends with. Frenemies. Frenemies. These three girls are just, like, making really interesting acting choices. But there would be one point when the girl in the middle would be talking and the girl to her right would be, like, completely, like, blank stares. Like, not even, like, (laughs) trying. You're like, why didn't anyone tell her to... I think it's okay to make fun of this because she's an adult now and she probably won't hear this, but yeah. Yeah. just doing nothing. And then at other points, you could tell that the director was just like, pretend to be talking. And you could tell she was just going like, like you could tell she wasn't saying anything. It is so fun to watch people. People just starting acting. This is mean, okay? But just starting acting and they're just like, when it's not my line, I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's so funny. I mean, I love just in general watching good acting because you're like, how did this person get so good? Like, how did they get lost in this role so well? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. 
but bad acting where it's somebody that's not listening is just as satisfying almost. But like, it's so funny. <laughs> it is really funny. It's pretty funny. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Carmen Christopher. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we're back. So Carmen, before we get into your topic for today, I just wanted to say that a couple nights ago, I was lucky enough to go see your live show, which was so funny. Thank you. I'm trying to think of, Jonah, I wish you could have seen it. I wish everyone listening could have seen it. They could see it again. Yeah. April 24th at the Elysian Theater or April 7th at the Bell House in New York. Whoa, nice. the Bell House. Yeah. Incredible. Vanessa and I did a, did a show at the Bell House, remember? Yes, we did a live show there once. And maybe we will again. Love yeah. the Bell House. And Union Hall, I love. Yes. I love them both. Carmen, now we want to talk about your topic, which I thought was really great. You wanted to talk about school dances. Now, you know, I guess my first questions are, why did you want to talk about these? Like, what did they mean to you? Uh-huh. And also... When you think of a school dance, what specific kind of dances are you thinking of? That's funny. Interesting in like theme of the show, dancing is so embarrassing, (laughs) especially when you're like a kid. I think that my comedy is humiliating at times. Once you dive in, you're just like, well, this is actually really fun. The way maybe improv could feel like humiliating, but if you like dive in and try it, it's cool and fun. I just thought in theme it would be good with the show, but I'm not like, and I don't think anybody else has talked about it. Like, I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> Dancing hasn't like sent me on any path in life. I just think it's funny how nerve wracking it is. Right. In grade school, like having to like ask somebody to dance, where do you put your hands? Like nobody yeah. teaches you this. Your parents aren't at home teaching you like how to do a dance. A school dance. I was thinking about high school. The dance gets turned up where it's like <laughs> there's circles and there's people grinding. And I think that's pretty funny. And I remember 
high school, like freshman year, my first dance with seniors. You're like basically hanging out with adults as like a tiny kid. But I remember the first circle and I was like looking from the outside and I was like, I got to get in there. So scared and just being like, I got to get in there. And then there was like a junior and I jumped in and I danced with her and I was just like, I'm fucking alive, baby. I did it. <laughs> well, you know, what's really interesting about this that, that I'm thinking about that. I don't know if you did this. I don't know why we did this, but, you know, it's a Cleveland even thing. us both took ballroom dancing classes Whoa, that our parents cool. made us take when we were like kids. And I, I did not like it. Oh, really? Interesting. It's no. a Cleveland thing. It's something. It's, it's a Cleveland thing. Cleveland. It's like there's okay. some dance teacher if you're not from cleveland this sounds insane but because we had bar and bat mitzvahs like, it also makes it sound like we're like a hundred years old yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't know if it stayed because we there were so many bar and bat mitzvahs like every weekend in seventh grade so you did this in sixth grade you took ballroom dancing okay now jonah as a correction because this is like something i'm still mad at our parents about particularly mom although i've gotten over it mom thought i wouldn't want to take it because you didn't want to take it and so <laughs> She signed me up for line dancing classes with Terry Macklin at the JCC, which I hated because I didn't know anybody there. And I was learning line dances and I wasn't getting to slow dance with boys I had crushes on. Okay, yeah. So who, by the way, to be fair, the boys I had crushes on probably hated being there as much as you hated being there. So probably wasn't. I I felt like it was every week. It was like me, I would... Roll up there with Michael Daniels, Howard Rudolph, and we would. I would put all this gel in my hair and have to work a sports jacket. And then they would teach us dancing, and it was like always just very, like I don't know. I just like didn't really. Was. Don't forget about Was. <laughs> just you, like you got pretty yeah. dunked up for something that. You yeah, didn't yeah, Jonah. I guess I know that's that's a kind of interesting part. I remember really not liking it, but I also remember really prepping for it. Like really, you remember that green gel and those like circular combs with all the spikes on them? For sure. Yeah, those are the best. Those are so gel? funny. Look, it's like so gel? 90s. Like LA gear or some shit. It was, or like, it was like, like LA looks. It kind of looked like jello. Yeah, something. Yeah, it was like green. I remember mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I remember it. It was like Ooh, a but, green. Yeah, and you kind of took a little scoop of it. Yeah, and I was telling my wife the other day, I got my hair cut. Sorry, I don't want to go off on too much of a no, tangent. No, no, no. And, go but ahead. I got my hair cut at this place by these old Italian guys. Giuseppe. That, yeah, and they called me Giuseppe, which is so funny because my name is Jonah. And like, I'm not Italian. And they would call me Giuseppe. And this guy had some plant in the corner that like our grandfather had given him. There was like all these weird yeah. connections, but they nowhere, no one else in my life since before or after has called me Giuseppe. But these barbers always are like, hey, Giuseppe. They must have really liked you. So, I guess so, yeah. They I really liked, liked you. They, I can't remember what they... They called dad. This story is going to take the mood down for a second, and I apologize. Okay. But when I was diagnosed with leukemia, I went to those guys to shave my head uh-huh. when I was 15. And I remember like going in there and thinking that they were going to be like, hey, it's Giuseppe's <laughs> sister. And they were kind of like, hey, like they were like kind of bummed. They were kind of bummed. But they were nice. They shaved my head. And I think we both got our head shaved, right? Yeah. And did you go with me and shave your head? Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember. It's very oh, wow. That seems like something you would remember. <laughs> I vaguely, yeah, it does sound like something you remember. It sounds like, because I kind of remember dad being like, I'll go get our, my head shaved too. And we were like, no, don't do it. Like it you'll look it's scary okay. to us. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when he shaved his mustache right before your bar mitzvah, we were like, a different guy. We can't. That's funny because it is. 
it's very sweet to the whole family to be like, let's shave our heads. But then you're walking around the grocery store like a bunch of skinheads. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was actually already shaving my head. So I was like, kind oh, of, that's it, right. I was kind of already this like. This was pre. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was no big deal for me. But I think then when I was doing better, we brought them like muffins or something or we made cupcakes for them. So I think they knew that I was like doing okay after that. But I didn't get the whole like, hey, it's Giuseppe's sister, you know, kind of yeah. thing. But anyways, love Maybe they were guys. sad you had leukemia. Yeah. No, that yeah. is what it was. That is what it was. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But back to... <laughs> wait. In some ways, Jonah did learn sort of like how to do slow dancing. I didn't, again, because I took line dancing. I don't think what I learned in that ballroom dancing class translated Translated, to school dances. Because when we would be at school dances, you wouldn't be doing a full like waltz. It was like, I also took Latin in eighth grade, this class phenomenon of English. It's like learning these things that don't really apply to life. Right, 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 right. Now, Carmen, did you have like bar and bat mitzvahs every weekend in seventh grade or? I don't think I had any Jewish friends. Hey, Carmen. You do now. Yes. Well, in, in, until I went to college. But a couple of my roommates were Jewish. Well, there was one Jewish kid. I didn't understand religion at all. Like, Jewish didn't mean anything to me. Like, I barely, yeah. like, I, w- I went to Catholic school in the city when I was at first. And then when we moved to the suburbs, like, we took CCD classes. And then my mom had to take me and my brother out because we weren't like doing any of the work. We basically failed CCD. What does CCD stand for? Like Christian something? Confraternity of Christian Doctrine, which is like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Let's see. Yeah. Confraternity. Sounds serious. Confraternity. But basically like the religious classes in public schools, but me and my brother were doing so bad in them. You like can't fail them, but we did because like they're boring. Got it. So you didn't have barn bump mitzvahs, but you had like middle school dances. Those were like your earliest dances. Yeah, we had middle school dances. Do you remember what they were called? Because I remember we had one in our middle school called the Brady Bash. Oh, yeah. And we had one called the Sock Hop, I think, sock too, hops. which ours I know was not an original hops. name. but Yeah, ours were called Sock Hop. The sock hop was in the gym, I think, and the Brady Bash was in the cafeteria, if I recall correctly. Yeah, that's cool. I think ours was also in the gym. But it's funny because it's like, why is it called? Is like the old school sock hop is like they really used to dance in their socks, no? We we, we had our shoes on. It's like very gendered thing, I think, where the girl asks the guy to dance or that's something. That's Sadie Hawkins dance. Oh, I that's think. Sadie yes. Hawkins. That's Sadie yeah. Hawkins. Yeah. I remember yeah. in grade school, me and all my boys <laughs> going to like Marshalls to get vests. Nice. So where to the dance? Jonah was doing the same thing. Yeah. I was, yeah. Jabot. Yeah. Martin Francisco Jabot. Remember that shit? <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. That stuff was cool. Yeah, it was very cool. It's funny because we're older than you, Carmen. So it's funny that Jerbo was, it was just different age that was probably cool to you. But I had an older brother and older sister. So okay. I'd wear what they wore. So I wore Jabo and cross colors. Remember that? Oh, yeah. But it was funny in high school. Me and my boys, we'd go to, uh, where do we go? We went to like JCPenney's or something. JCPenney, JC Marshall's, those are the spots. Yeah. That's If you're looking for a deal on cool designer clothes, that's where Absolutely. you go. Martin Francisco Gerbeau, that is. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what we would do is I'd be like, oh, I like UCLA, like Bruins basketball or North Carolina basketball or like the Charlotte Hornets. So I'd get like a purple shirt and a teal tie and I'd be like, that. I'm. that's how I'm dressing nice. for the dance. Nice. I bet you looked awesome. Yeah. And would your boys roll up wearing (laughs) the same kind of stuff? No, we'd all have different like color coordinations, but it was always like 
oh, I like this basketball team's jersey. I want to do those colors. Like, that's how you would, like, think about it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Carmen, did you, like, were you into going to school dance? Because I feel like I hit a certain age where I got very into, like, punk rock and, like, these subcultures. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm too cool for this, like, normative stuff, like, society. I'm going to, like, go hang out in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot all night. And, oh, like, that's funny. I think I was, like, pretty girl crazy in high school okay so i loved uh the dances that lame no i think that's cool no the big difference for me between middle school and high school dances and they're kind of like cringy and hard in different ways is that middle school dances you wouldn't go with a date whereas high school dances you you wouldn't always sometimes you wouldn't go with a date you'd just go with your friends but middle school dances i found to be so hard because for me I would always be like waiting for a boy to ask me to dance and like sometimes they would or sometimes I would go up to someone and ask them to dance Mm -hmm. but it was always felt like this like non-stop anxiety of like is someone gonna ask me to dance and then I would like (laughs) sometimes and we did we had bar bat mitzvahs like every weekend in seventh grade and that would happen where I'd be like like I would ask people to dance and then I'd have to like wait to see and I like not a lot of guys would ask me to dance I was always like what it must be like for these girls in my grade who like know going in like that they're going to just get asked to dance so much and it was just like and I don't think that I was I didn't have like a horrible it wasn't like I felt but it was just felt like this test every time I would go to these dances of like how many people are going to ask me what who's going to ask me is anyone going to ask me and it was just and then sometimes you would just fully walk away from the dance floor, especially at bar mitzvahs. You know, you obviously there's tables with food and candy and stuff, and you just like kind of pretend that you didn't want to be dancing anyway because you wanted to yeah, like yeah. talk. Yeah, talk. <laughs> <laughs> Drink punch. I felt like I was always trying to like cause trouble, sort of. Me and my friends. We're at this venue. Can we break into the kitchen? Can we find a bottle to smash or something? Nice. Or like, what can we do that like we shouldn't be doing? Because this is like an adult place. Maybe not smash bottles but we would find two liters of like coke and throw them around that's actually pretty fun that sounds fun see i would have been down with that like that was like my grade school persona okay. was like breaking shit yeah so you're clearly a lot more <laughs> mature than yeah. me and my friends before we move on to high school the real tragedy of it all is that those were the guys i was trying to like wanting to ask me to dance are these guys that would be mm-hmm. in my mind it was like they wanted to ask other people to dance when in their minds probably they just wanted to like go in the kitchen and break things like that was like <laughs> what their focus was for sure but i was too young and like i had too much of my own insecurities to realize that like they didn't really care about like i think in middle school guys are yeah they just like they want to go like jump on stuff like and break bottles. You're projecting all the stuff to some person who just wants to shake up a two liter <laughs> bottle of root beer and throw it as high as they can into the ceiling. Well, and I do think that there is like also a world where it is like these guys want to ask you to dance, but they're terrified and they know sure. that like breaking something is so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think it can be very very anxiety inducing on yeah. kind of both sides because there's also this fear of rejection and then but yeah i mean it's like it's a lot of stress i'm getting kind of stressed out just I thinking know. about this the other thing about the middle school dance it just was like there's something just so humiliating about like your parents have to drive you yeah or yeah. if you're so lucky one of your friends has like an older sibling that's cool that will drive you mm-hmm. but it's like it's like really built up and like what do you wear it's like 
every step of a middle school dance is like, it's so public. It's so like, you can't just like Mm -hmm. go in for a few minutes. Like you have to really commit to the whole thing because, you know, you don't have a car. Yeah. And I want to do a whole episode about being in your school after hours because, but it's also so weird to be in your school at night because you're like, what the hell is going on? It feels like the haunted version of your school. (laughs) Like, oh, Well, it's like at night you're allowed, at night it's like you're allowed to be drunk. And it's, it's like you're allowed to get drunk. Well, I don't it's think like you ever 16, are, but... You're not allowed to, right? But I mean, I think we started drinking when I was like... I guess we never drank and went to the dances. We drank after the dances, though. But in middle school or in high school? Oh, high school, high school. Not middle school. The first time I did drink beer was like... I had two beers in eighth grade and I was like fucked up. <laughs> like, just like... I'm, yeah, it was awesome. Well, high school dances, I think, are their own humiliating in a different way because you have to ask someone or someone has to ask you to go to them. Yes. And right. like that in and of itself is just yeah, like... that is so weird. Yeah, it's like, are you going to the stands? Like, I don't know. Maybe someone asked me. If not, I guess I'm just staying home that night. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I would ask guys because I wanted to go, but I would just like, sure. I wasn't really dating. And we've talked about ninth grade, I was homecoming court. But I had to get like a date and like I so I asked Brett Berkebein because I wanted to have like a nice date and like I asked him and he said yes and like in retrospect I know he didn't want to go with me like I feel like he was going to ask somebody else or something but he was so nice that he just like said yes. It's such a big thing. In fact, I realized that I recently have started having nightmares. This is insane, okay? I don't know if it's because of this podcast. So, Joan, I'm not trying to blame you or anything, but or our producer, Olivia, or anything. But I've started having these dreams that, like, I go to these, like, high school dances. I'm in high school, but it's kind of like I go to these high school dances and I don't really have, like, a new dress or a date. I, like, didn't really get my hair done, which is the thing we used to do in in Mm -hmm. high school for dances is, like, we wouldn't get our makeup done when we'd get our hair done. Mm-hmm. And it would always be in something with like so many curls, so many clips, like in such a way that it's like, we would have just left our hair down. It would have looked way better. But anyway, so just the idea that I go to these dances and I don't really like know anyone and I don't really have a new dress. Like, wow. and is that's my, like, that's where I'm at it in life. It's like, <laughs> I fully have been on Saturday Night Live. I've, you know, <laughs> I'm like High living in LA. job, career. That's the thing that I've recently been going back to. And I'm like, oh, just school dances. They're just so built up too. It just feels so... Yeah. It is weird how you're like, it's like such a parade around a bunch of young kids dressed up. And like yeah, exactly. Taking pictures. It almost does feel like it could be like, hey, you guys just figure this shit out on your own. Yeah, the way that parents take pictures before too, it feels so like, mm-hmm. it's just such an event. And the other thing that I think is interesting is like, I always went to school dances with people that I was friends with, meaning my date was always like a guy I was friends with, not someone that I was dating because I didn't really date anyone in high school. And so I didn't have like the pressure of like, am I going to have, like, I feel like a lot of teenagers have the pressure of like, am I going to have sex with this person? (laughs) And I didn't have that pressure, but I still felt like it was a lot. I don't know. Yeah, that's funny. See, I went my junior and senior year to, well, to the prom with my girlfriend. So I didn't have that pressure, but I can imagine. But like freshman and sophomore year, I wasn't having sex and none of my friends were. So I didn't have, well, I guess it's just more pressure for a, a girl easily. Yeah. That's like, but or, I don't know. It, ew, that's weird. 
Just Sorry, I didn't about- mean to take us there. No, no, no. It's funny. No, it's it's no, not at all. It's just a weird the whole thing. But Carmen, I th- I told you this the other night, and I just want to remind you, I was prom queen. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, actually, I don't know that I caught that. I I remember you saying you were on the court. I didn't know that homecoming know court in ninth grade. But yeah, I was senior year as prom, prom queen. queen. That's pretty cool. But you know, as I think I said the other night too. But I know it was. You know, there's a lot going on that night because you had just done your show. You know, I had leukemia in high school, so probably why I wasn't too worried about having sex. But also, people were really, like, inspired by me. (laughs) That's sweet. That's awesome. Hey, those are good kids. I honestly, I had leukemia in high school, and I loved high school. Everybody was so nice. But I will say, like, you would be, like, sort of, even though the voting was, like, private, like, what kind of a villain doesn't vote for the person who survived leukemia. Like I was kind of a shoe in for prom queen in retrospect. Yeah, that's interesting. You know what? I'm actually wondering, there was a kid that had cancer in my high school and I don't know if he won, but he was definitely on the court. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Kids, see, kids aren't that bad. Kids are, they can be great. They can be. Yeah, they can be. It could also be really bad. (laughs) They can be bad. Well, why don't we have Kermit the Frog doing his Matthew McConaughey impression take us to our commercial break? All right, all right, all right. (laughs) We'll be back after this break. Green light. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, and we're back. Okay, wow. Remember before the commercial when there was such a good Kermit? A good Kermit McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey yeah. impression. Probably people are still talking about that. I hope they were able to focus on the commercials. The, right? The product. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> to use a business term, Carmen, product. Yeah, the product. Input, output, cash flow, well et cetera. <laughs> ROI. 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 Yeah, exactly. That's Sunk costs. Yep. 
No point throwing bad money after good money is what yeah. I say. Profit, profit loss, profit margins. Okay. First quarter. First quarter <laughs> versus seven quarterly earnings, annual nice. income mm. salary. Nice. We're in the green. <laughs> in the green. In the red. In the blue, black, red. Green in the red. <laughs> Green, positive, red. Uh-oh. Ew. Uh-oh. Okay, so Carmen, <laughs> right now we're going to play a really fun game with you. Nice. It's called Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. Otherwise known as Let's Make Fun of People Who Don't Know How to Use Change.Org. <laughs> so in this game, we'll bring up three different nostalgic things that people are trying to bring back via petition oh, on Change.Org. And we'll each vote for our favorite. So we'll read all of them. And we'll decide which one we would actually sign. Again, cool. a lot of people just come on change.org and do really insane petitions that are oh, wow. really fun for us to make fun of. All in. I'm all in. Jonah, do you want to read this first one? Yeah, I'll kick us off. This one, and I was not familiar at all with Mm-mm. this sandwich, which is shocking to me. But this one is called Bring Back the Subway Seafood Sensation. Ooh. There's 463 signatures on this. It's a petition to Subway. It's really long. But folks, it's time we address a serious problem with society. Subway, in a short-sighted move, has discontinued the seafood sensation. This glorious mix of imitation seafood and crab meat slathered in mayo and topped with your choice of toppings was a staple of my formative years. Blah, blah, blah. Culinary genius, the sumptuous combination of processed crab and seafood is the epitome of sandwich comfort. To know that such a thing existed and was intentionally tossed to the scrap heap of fast food menu items of yore is a crime we must address. And so it goes on, blah, blah, blah. This guy's proposing marching in the streets, petitioning electric officials, hunger strikes, civil disobedience, social media posturing, play that nothing's off the table, bring it back, don't make us unreasonable. And this has a couple comments on it. I miss a sandwich that I liked. I don't even eat Subway anymore because of this i will not order anything but a seafood sub to only sandwich i get and then someone else added signing because of the yummy taste carmen what do you think do you have any thoughts on the subway seafood sensation you know what i'll tell you what subway sandwiches is one of the strongest franchises in the game because think about how bad their fucking sandwiches are and they've been in business for like 50 years i know so this guy can try to do as many petitions as he wants but you ain't taking down a giant man. You ain't taking that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, this guy's done. It's wasting time. Does this sandwich sound appetizing to you? It sounds disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. Seafood from Subway. The only thing I get from Subway is the pizza. And they do have pizza there. I used to get that. <laughs> I lived across the street That's in surprising. Wrigleyville. And I knew the guy. So he'd put like the marinara sauce from the meatball on top of the pizza. Nice. And then put more toppings from the actual sandwiches. And I was like, this pizza is really good. <laughs> <laughs> so the pizza's good. That's Yeah, Chicago is yeah. known for its Subway pizza, I guess. <laughs> I'm with you. You know, Subway is a place I associate with just like the only place that has like translucent tomato slices. Like everything is like watery and like all the vegetables are like clear. I can only imagine yeah. that like the quality of this processed fake seafood that they, seems like they just use like the cheapest stuff. Yeah. To me, I've never had this sandwich mm-hmm. and I think it might taste good. Like sometimes imitation crab, if you get it with like sushi or something can be okay. But I think this person, you know, I appreciate that their tone is a little over the top. Like I think they know that this is a little bit of a superfluous thing, but I also think that change.org is used to bring back these kind of menu items. Like this mm-hmm. is kind of like mm-hmm. outside of like social causes, 
many items have come back because of the site. So I understand this person's trying to get the momentum going, but I, I agree. Seafood from Subway just doesn't sound like a good combination. Vanessa, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, when I heard the name of the sandwich was Seafood Sensation, it made me kind of want to throw up in my mouth. It was okay. If I saw that on a Subway menu, I'd go, that's absolutely disgusting. Like, I think to Carmen's point, like their sandwiches, you know, you go in there being like, this is the best option available to me in this moment, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think you got to stick to the basics. It feels like Mm -hmm. going for this imitation crab and stuff. It just feels tough to me. Mm -hmm. But here's what else I want to say. I believe that it genuinely, this person really likes this sandwich. Yeah. And that the people who commented on it agree and Mm -hmm. also really like it. Sure. Mm -hmm. And this is, like you said, Jonah, like, People can actually bring menu items back at places by making these petitions. And I actually don't like that this person is being, they're being, they're using so much hyperbole here that I don't take them seriously and they're not going to get a lot of signatures. Like them saying, we demand the return of the seafood sensation while march in the streets, hunger strike, civil disease. It's like, if you don't take yourself seriously, how am I supposed to? Mm-hmm. So and how it's is like, the CEO of Subway supposed to? Yeah, how's the CEO of Subway supposed yeah. to? It's like, if you had said, like, this is such a great sandwich, I really miss it. Like, I really think there's a market for it. And then people were commenting, like, I love the sandwich too. Then that CEO might go, oh, maybe I'll give this a think. If this person's being so sarcastic and stuff, right, right, I go on to the next. It's almost like has this vibe like I'm too cool, but I'm like gonna post this anyways. But like I'm actually like I'm I'm in on it. Like I'm, yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. There's like a yeah. snarkiness to it. It's like, son, you're already posting on Change.org, so for a seafood sensation. So just like be that person or get or get out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say. Well, some serious trash talk from Vanessa. <laughs> okay, should I do the next one? It sounds like we yeah, all yeah. Why don't you go ahead? Do the an next absolute one. joker. Okay, <laughs> the next one is called Paintball in Gym Class, and it's it has eleven signatures on Change.org. It has eleven signatures, and this person, you make the petitions to people or organizations. He put this petition to the Department of Education. <laughs> Governor Tom Wolf and President Donald J. Trump. So this is from oh, when Trump yeah. was in office. Uh-huh. And uh, still is. Just kidding. Okay, I'm not one of those people. Okay. <laughs> Paintball in gym class. Everyone needs a new gym activity every once in a while. Kids won't want to stay in shape by running for no reason. Not sure that's true. They want to have fun and paintball is perfect. What could go wrong? Paint can't hurt anyone, and kids would love to exercise if they could do it in a competition. So adding this to the school gym class could really help kids stay in shape and be strong. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What do you think? Yeah, my first reaction was like, oh, how fun. We got an issue in schools, and I don't need to talk about what, so I'm going to have to go with a hard no. Honestly, not to be lame, but like, you know, do that shit with your friends at a bachelor party when you get older. Chill out. I don't, I don't need these kids yeah. getting better at aiming. Yeah. It's scary as it is out there. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, I agree with Carmen. I think that this person is wrong that paint can't hurt anyone because I've been hit with a paintball when I was like a kid and it hurts a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it hurts way more than someone throwing a ball at you. Yeah. It's like being projected at you. So yeah, I think it's way too dangerous. I agree. It's like culturally kind of insensitive. And it's also like everyone doesn't need a new gym activity. Like we got run laps, you know, do, you know, yeah. you need all this equipment. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I think it's a bad idea and I'm not bad. I'm thinking about it too, if like 
if I had a like son or something, I'd be like, he's an idiot, whatever. But like, if I had a daughter going to high school who's like getting paintball shot at her, then we'd yeah. Like, no, yeah. this is not happening. What are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, I hated dodgeball slash battle ball because you have people throwing balls. Like, there would be these really strong guys in my grade that would just like whip these balls at you. And I'm like, what the fuck is this game? <laughs> I still, I actually should make a petition on change.org for this. I think that battle ball slash dodgeball should be banned in schools, in gym class. I'm sure there are petitions for that Because it on here. sucks so... I think it's like the worst... Yeah. I, they probably don't have it anymore, to They be probably honest. don't, because it's, it's don't a really violent game. But along those lines, I'm like, paintball in school, first of all, paint really can hurt. And second of all, it makes no sense. Like, what if I get covered in paint and then I have to go back to class? I want this joker to take their petition and uh, get lost. <laughs> Jonah, do you want to read this next one? Yeah, and I want to add that I recently watched the film Dodgeball. Pretty funny. And for the record, just real quick, I mean, sure. and I'm sure Jonah, you might be with me and Vanessa, I totally sympathize with you, but I wasn't empathetic enough to like think this way in grade school, high school, but I fucking loved Dodgeball when I was <laughs> in school. It was so fun as a little boy that couldn't get hurt. That's all. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I accept it. I like dodging. I never had the arm strength to really Mm -hmm. throw the ball. So I felt like I would throw it and then just someone would catch it. And that was it. Yeah. This last one is short. It's just called ban onions. And it says onions are a plague. Ban them as a food. Nobody should be allowed to eat onions and they should not be allowed to exist on this planet. Grow them on Mars, if you like, but not on my Earth. And then this has a link to two other resources. There's a BuzzFeed article called It's Time to Admit Onions Are Disgusting. Then it looks like this is a Reddit page called Onion Hate. So this has nine signatures, trying to get to ten. Carmen, what are your thoughts on banning onions? 100% disagree. Keep onions. Onions are healthy. Can I do a little name drop story? Would love. Please. I had a tiny part in a movie called Otherhood. And my scene, I deliver flowers to Angela Bassett's character. Wow. And they were driving us back from lunch or we were getting lunch. I don't remember. But I was next to her. We were together while she was eating her lunch. And she was just straight up eating raw onion, like just like cutting it and eating it. And I was like, damn, if Angela, like, she looks great. Like, if Angela Bassett does this, maybe everybody should do this. Maybe that's a secret. I looked it up, and there's just a ton of health benefits. It's, like, really good for your skin and shit, too. And I I don't remember what else. Like, maybe, like, your blood sugar or something. I can't remember your heart. I remember looking it up because I was like, if she's doing it, maybe I got to do this. But I love onions. They enhance the taste of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You cook them with whatever i'm with carmen i'm a big onion fan we eat a ton of onions over here i mean yeah cutting them can be rough right with the start crying sometimes but it's just part of what you deal with when you're eating onions but yeah i think they're great sauteed i've never tried eating a raw onion but i might try it vanessa and i had a relative who told me once i i eat a raw turnip every day who said that for my health some guy who was like when grandma and grandpa had their place in florida some like relative of theirs on on the bayer side 
I think it was a uh, kind of an eccentric relative we had. Okay, and he said he eats a raw turnip. Yeah, every day. I remember talking to him as like a kid, and him like telling me this, being like, "I eat a turnip every day." And I was like, "Maybe I should try this." And maybe mom and dad were like, "It's okay." We're gonna <laughs> like, find out who that was. We're gonna find out. We'll report back about the turnip. But anyways, I could be remembering that wrong. We'll look into it. But look into it. yeah, I think onions are great, and I also like just because you don't like it, don't eat it. Like you, that doesn't mean you That's ban a whole right. food. And also, they shouldn't be grown on my earth. Like, oh, excuse me, this is your planet. Uh, yes. I don't think so, my friend. This is all of our planet. Show some respect. Yeah. Vanessa. I also go in, I'm like, what is this person trying to accomplish here? Like, (laughs) obviously onions aren't going to get banned. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like, what is their life that they're like, I'm going to take the time to go on to change.org and make this petition to ban onions. I've found these two articles which support my theory that onions stink. It's like, no pun intended, onions stink. But like, go write a book or (laughs) ride a bike. Like, what is this person's goal? We're not going to get rid of them. They're like a big piece of our agriculture as a society and a world like it's and also saying my earth this is my problem with these people okay (laughs) yeah even if this person what they were asking for was reasonable which this is not i'm sorry i've i've really started taking these people (laughs) yeah but even if what they were asking for was reasonable make it so that we believe you like don't say my earth because that makes us not want to you know what i mean why would we sign your petition if we're on your earth absolutely take a hike sir and let me tell you something hunty it's the onions earth just as much as it's yeah that's right onions been here a lot longer than you my friend what grows out of the earth you my friend i don't think so onions do though we're from god Yeah. yeah Yeah. So I agree. I, I do think it's like, you know, to get more into this person's psychology, like what's the end game? Like, do you think like the daily show is gonna be like, check out this hilarious petition we found? Like this is like a yeah. like a comedy thing that's gonna like get get you on the map. Like it does feel like what is what is the end game? Move to Chicago and take some second city classes, son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is hard because we all think that these all absolutely stink, but we have to pick one that we would sign. Oh, yeah. And for me, if I had to sign one of these, even though I think this person's <laughs> an absolute joker, I would bring back the Subway seafood sensation. <laughs> yeah, I am actually going to have to go with that, too, because out of all three of these, I don't think I would ever have it unless, like, for some reason I was at a rest. Yeah. It would take a, a really unique set of circumstances for me to order this and be at a Subway, but it's in the realm of possibility whereas the other things I just feel like are just would never appeal to me and you don't have to eat it but you you might have friends that would be happy that yeah yeah Yeah. Carmen what do you think yeah well so as somebody who used to eat a lot of grocery store sushi Uh and imitation crab that was in that sushi and I would even wait until seven o'clock to buy the sushi because then it would be half <laughs> off. I was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, financially, I wasn't really there in New York City. Sure. It's a smart business decision. Yeah. So <laughs> I would say, let this guy have his shitty food back and let's go yeah. with the subway stuff, the yeah. seafood sensation. And also, seafood sensation. That's such a cool name. It is a good yeah. name. That's right. Well, Carmen, I've got some good news for you because while I was researching this, there's a lot of people on the internet who have posted their own recipes on how to recreate the sub. So even wow. if subway doesn't bring it back you could try making it yourself that's so good to know that's really good to know (laughs) well carmen this has been so much fun can you tell our listeners again where they can find you etc yeah yeah i'm on uh instagram you know that's where i promote things that i think i want people to see like shows and stuff so you know i guess you could do that follow me there Mm -hmm. or something if you like me no pressure 
<laughs> yeah, and you got your shows coming up in New York and Yeah, I got my shows coming up in New York and LA. The tickets aren't live yet, but just keep an eye out if you are interested in coming out. If you want to check out Carmen live, you're going to get a good return on your investment. That's right. That's right. Now, thank you so much to Carmen. Now, I would love if Matthew McConaughey would <laughs> sign off for us right now. Well, that was really fun, Vanessa. Thanks so much to Carmen for joining us and everyone for listening. <laughs> if you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast. Keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? where we discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like school dances. All right. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.